Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of the Turd Ferguson Report, our series we're doing, Conversations with Coaches. Today we go all the way down, as about as far as you can go in southeast Georgia to Camden County. Uh, we've got Coach Bob Spire on the line. Coach, how you doing this evening? I'm doing great, Art. Hey, Coach, thanks for joining us. We appreciate your time. Uh, I know as we speak, it's Wednesday. You're, you're starting your uh, the, the first official practice, not in pads, uh, but... Uh, uh, getting ready to, to get the season started. How, how did things go today, Coach? Yeah, we had a great first preseason practice. You know, we got our heat acclimation, uh, five mandatory days that we have to have before we can go in, in past August 1st. But uh, it, it was a good 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 start to the process today. Great deal. Coach, uh, tell us a little bit about your history. I know some folks in, in the metro area might be familiar with your time in North Gwinnett, but uh, a little bit of your history. Where did you get your first start? Uh, how, which coaches have influenced you the most? Well, I was I was very well. Kind of, kind of two things. Number one, um, I was influenced, I think, to get into coaching by my high school coaches. Uh, you know, I lost my father when I was fifteen. He died of a massive heart attack, and and obviously he he was younger. And 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 and, and it's a long story. But my mother kind of moved away. I've kind of been my own, on my own since I was fifteen, and and so I can relate a lot to a lot of kids that I coach over the years. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, but at the same time, my coaches, I think, were the most important thing in my life, particularly at that stage, going through everything I was going through. And those challenges in my teenage years and, and my football coaches and the football program were so so much a, a critical. You know, and, and it was in a community very similar to Camden County. It was one high school in the whole county. And uh, kind of that really what high school football should be and kind of the place where, you know, it takes a village to raise a child kind of thing. And so I, I was a product of that. Um, you know, but I was very blessed once I started coaching. As soon as I graduated from college, I got into coaching. I was very fortunate early in my career to get an opportunity to be a graduate assistant coach at Western Kentucky University under an outstanding guy by the name of Jimmy Fikes. And he, he's probably the all-time career uh, game winner there, uh, won about 200 games in his career, was head coach for, for over 20 years, and uh, was a first-class, you know, very, very solid Christian foundation person, as well as an extremely detailed, organized coach. Mm-hmm. And I really think the structure that I had a chance to experience early in my career, those two years at Western Kentucky, really – have still to this day influenced the way that I plan the year long uh, process of our program, the way we set our practice schedule, uh, just the whole flow of the structure of our program really probably goes back to the roots of of that uh, because he was so detailed and he was so, he he was so efficient in how he, he organized his staff and and the overall program that I, I was very fortunate to have that early in my career. That sounds like a great, great influence, Coach. As you as you talk about that influence, you come to into a position at Camden County, uh, that that program uh, steeped in its own tradition, and you come and and I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd call it rebuilding a program, and that might be the word. I I think what I had asked originally is is, is uh, you know what does it look like waking up a sleeping giant? Because I think uh, uh, that is a sleeping giant down there in Southeast Georgia. 
Well, I, I think the program needed to change, and 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 in a lot of ways, it's it's a totally different situation here than it was kind of during their Camelot or Golden Years or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I know particularly the years that Jeff Heron was here, he did an outstanding job. The staff did an outstanding job, and they had a way of going about their business, and they were able to set it, you know, to to a, to a to the rhythm of a, a schedule that was very user friendly mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, and they could really develop a, a, a deep bevy of running backs through the year uh, as they played a lot of teams that allowed them to uh, get a lot of guys, a lot of experience. And by the time they got in the playoffs, they were really deep and fresh and had a lot of guys that were competing for playing time as they, you know, the situation kind of afforded them a lot. Of that. And, um, it's not, it's not the situation that it is now with not just the region we're in, but the kind of schedule that we had to play week in and week out because we don't have a large region, uh, kind of like when Jeff and them were here where they had a lot of automatic wins. Well, you know where we're located, and you kind of know the history of the program. So about, you look at our schedule this year, and nine of our ten teams were in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so it's a little different formula that we have to navigate through. And with that being said, uh, and the program had kind of gotten stale, it was time, kind of time for a change. Uh, but the challenge within, within that are, are, are building it our way to fit the kind of schedule that we have to play in the region we're in. It's going to take time because it's pretty dramatically different, particularly offensively, from what they've done in the past. Mm-hmm. Well, Coach, when you talk about rebuilding, you're putting your mark on it and refreshing, we starting – uh, the development of your, your middle school or feeder team, what does that look like for you? You know, Art, I think that's – because here's the thing. We, we want to do this process right for long-term success. Not, I'm not interested in a one-year wonder kind of a program. Um, you know, we want to build it structurally where the foundation and everything is back in place the way it needs to be. And so we took the job last spring, and obviously most of my spring was filled was was filled with putting staff together and just trying to do whatever we could to get the process started and try to be competitive as we could last year with with a group of guys that you know the the, the administration was very honest when they interviewed me the the group of guys that were seniors last year they had never had any success at any level so we wanted to try to have as much success as we could to get the thing started but as soon as the off season hit that's where I was really able to say okay now we really start building the program. Um, I had 25 winter evenings uh, that, that I think my wife thought she maybe now was married to Kirby Smart or Nick Saber. <laughs> From the standpoint of I approached it that where the program is, you cannot over, no longer assume that a kid coming out of the middle schools are going to automatically play for you. Mm-hmm. It's, that's not, it's, that was the way it used to be at Camden County. But that mojo was gone. So I had 25 nights I set up this winter in my office where I had recruiting meetings with our current eighth graders that were going to be going on in the ninth grade with their, with, with individual players. Mm-hmm. And their, I wanted to start building those relationships. I wanted them to know what they were going to get out of the program, what the program expectations were going to be. So many people down here don't really know me or what we've done over the years. I wanted to know, you know, how we've helped people with recruiting and how, you know, just so many things that I wanted 
it, it, it could only be established through creating those times to have those relationship meetings. And so that was how, where we're going to start building the program over the next four years through that process. But here's the other thing we did. I took and had a two-week sixth-grade camp with 165 kids, and I had my high school staff work with both middle school staffs. Oh, wow. And then at the end of those two weeks, we had a seventh-grade camp for two weeks this spring, and the high school staff worked with the middle school staff, and then we had two weeks with the eighth graders. Oh, wow. We went went six straight weeks where we tried to get uh, involved and build a relationship with every sixth, seventh, and eighth grader in the community uh, and, and try to get them and doc, you know, to, to try, try to create that kind of mojo where when they come to high school, they want to come be in this program. And the other thing it did was it, it the natural progress of progression of the middle school coaches and, and the individual uh, varsity coaches working together created exactly what we need to create to where the language is the same. The drills are the same. The techniques are being taught the same. And that was really, you can only do that by working them together like that. Mm-hmm. So that was a really a huge emphasis. That's going to pay dividends four years from now. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that, that's how we want to build this thing rock solid like that. Coach, you talked about, we, t- we talked about the development of, of your, your feeder team. How about your, uh, your current team. What 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 do you guys do in the in the off season summer workouts? Uh, how does that look? What does that look like for you guys? Well, I got a, a great strength coach in Matt Mays that I was not able to get on board until uh, right at the end of May last year. So we did. You know, when I took the job and I was putting staff together, I pretty much just inherited what we had in terms of their their strength program and, and, and unfortunately our, we were way down physically uh, from what you would expect a Camden County team to be. We only had one kid that could power clean over 300 pounds when I got here last spring. And uh, you know, so, and, and you can't fake that. You can't, you can't hide from that. And, and it really, we had three ACL injuries last year. I bet I haven't had three ACLs injuries in 15 years. Wow. And, uh, you know, but that's a product of kind of where we were, and uh, and but got Matt in place at the end of May, and we're able to start really with our strength program last summer. But you know, at that stage, we're spending so much time already in the summer just trying to teach them what we're doing. This off season was really when we really finally got to really put our program in place. From the time we started in December after our season ended up through now has been night and day difference in what's going on in the weight room and what kind of progress those kids are making. Great deal. Sounds like you you got to move in the right direction, coach. Let's talk about some of those, those players uh, that you've got that have been working hard in the off season. Uh, some of your top returners on offense or defense or, and, or any players that might be poised for a breakout season. Well, you know, obviously we are trying to throw it around, which they've never done here before, and, and there's a lot of challenges in that in a lot of ways. And really and truly, um, we didn't have anybody last year that was really a quarterback per se in, in this kind of system. Um, but, you know, heading into this year, we got a young man that's going to be a junior, Logan Watson, that's kind of taking the bull by the horn and has stepped to the front of the line, and he's getting all the number one reps right now. And, and he's getting better every day. And I know he's going to learn some hard lessons in the schedule we play, uh, particularly the first half of this season. 
but uh, he's spinning it pretty good right now. And, and, you know, but timing and, and the reads and when to get it out and all that stuff, he's got a long way to go still, Mm -hmm. but you know, he's, he's a guy that should be, you know, bar injury. He should be, hopefully our court, he he produces, he's our quarterback the next two years. Um, Logan, Logan uh, Berryhill is a long uh, athletic receiver that uh, probably would have been lost in the shuffle in the old style, the way they did things here, but he's going to have a chance. He's getting some scholarship offers just recently got offered by South Florida, which is, which is really a nice offer for him. And, um, you know, I, 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 I don't know about breakout season with, 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 with splashy big numbers. Uh, but I think, I think he's, he's really getting better every day at, 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 at at his trade at the receiver position and and his best football is ahead of him. I think what he's experienced in these two years under us before he graduates is really going to help him excel in college. And uh, somebody's probably going to get a guy that's, that's really on the rise. Uh, you know, so you got a couple of guys like that at the skill positions. Um, you know, the guy that probably gets the most attention in our program is still a 14 year old uh, sophomore to be left tackle and Michael Morris, you know, that, Pretty much everybody in the country's already offered, and and uh, you know he's on the, you know right at the top. You know some 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 of the recruiting guys are telling me he may be the number one offensive lineman in that in that twenty twenty one class in the country, and uh, you know he's he's a six five and a half two hundred ninety seven pound kid that's pretty athletic, and he's you know unfortunately that guy's not supposed to be at the front of the line. And he doesn't really have anybody to model after. Not that the kids here don't work hard and all that, mm-hmm. but no, nobody here has done what we do on screens and, and, and pass sets and, you know, the different things. So if he were, if he were a kid coming into our program, for example, right now at North Gwinnett, he would have been playing behind a Warren Erickson who went to UGA or a Mitch Hyatt who went to Clemson mm-hmm. or, you know, but, but here he's kind of, we're kind of, he, and you know, in both offensive line coaches, I retain from here, they're learning every day too. You know, so, um, he gets a lot of publicity defensively, uh, you know, Ronan Wright has got some good offers, probably middle Tennessee, maybe his top offer. Um, but he's a guy that played outside linebacker that we moved to safety. I think he's a big time college safety waiting to happen. Um, but, but could, could end up at the second level, um, you know, in college too. So, but, but part of, part of uh, our ability to move him uh, was that we moved our running back over Jalen Davis to wheel linebacker this spring, as well as Gary Brewington to inside backer. He was an H back last year. So, you know, we've made some personnel moves that I think uh, are going to put, you know, artists, we kind of retool this whole thing here. You can't fake the time that we got to put in offensively with with the dramatic change from mm-hmm. the wing, but we can kind of put our best athletes right now on defense and spend a lot of time in the kicking game and get better at both those two areas while the while the offensive system is is still being taught. You know, so that's kind of how how we're going about it, and that's how you know I, I don't want to get too much into individual players because there's always surprises, and there's always disappointments, but but. Um, those are just some of the guys that probably people would recognize. Sure. Coach, how, how do you define success? And I know numbers don't always tell the whole story. So this, this season, what, what, what does success look like for you, for you guys in year two down there at Camden? Well, that's, that's probably going to be the most difficult thing because mine and our staff's definition of success may not necessarily match up with the community. <laughs> <laughs> 
and, and, and because of the past history here, and I get that and I understand that, and nobody wants to win more than I do or, or all the coaches on the staff want to. And, and the way these kids work, they want to win too. But I know, once again, we've got nine playoff teams on our schedule. Um, we don't need to get too caught up in a day-to-day analysis of, you know, is is winning the only measuring stick. Yes, it's the ultimate measuring stick. And they put a score up on the board for a reason. And and, and I, I despise losing, and I'm used to winning. So last year was really, really hard on me. But at the same time, I see a lot of positive things happening, so I don't want to lose sight of that. And and we did we we're measuring it in a lot of ways and and our here's it, it, this is kind of a hard way for people to understand it but we have what we call our lead eleven accountability process and we are grading our players every day on eleven characteristics that we feel like make you successful mm-hmm. yes it's it's sometimes it's just basic things on how are you scoring just in the day to day deal in terms of attendance your academics your discipline, et cetera. But also we've got elements in there that are football specific, strength specific, et cetera. So, uh, you know, that, that, that would be a lengthy lecture that I could go into, but we know every one of our players based on how our, our, and every staff member is grading those guys every day. And so we have kind of a, we, we internally, we kind of know who's progressing and how that's going. And, and so we're going to measure things, you know, more along those lines as a staff than we are the external things that the, that the community is going to look at, i.e. the final score on the board. I get it. That's the ultimate thing. And, 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 and there's not a disconnect in my understanding of that. But also I see a lot of good things happening that may not yet show up on the scoreboard in the right kind of way yet. And I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get baited in and to get too frustrated over that. Absolutely. Once again, talk, talking with coach Bob Spire, head coach of the Camden County Wildcats down in uh, Southeast Georgia, St. Mary's area coach. Uh, let's talk about, we, we talked about your, some of your, the, the players on the field names that, that people might know or, or probably will know soon, soon enough. Uh, do you have any players who are all-stars in the community or in the classroom? You know, that to me is that's that's one of our that's our eleventh characteristics on, on our Elite Eleven uh, accountability process. It's called the love factor, and 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 the love factor to us means that you are giving above and beyond just yourself. You are you are you are more worried about your contribution to others than you are everybody's contribution back to you, et cetera. So here's a prime example because we want this to be more universal than just individual. We just had our liftathon Monday night. We partnered with with a community organization here in Camden County that fills a huge need with our kids in this community. It, it was initially named Jason's Miracle Field. It's now called Miracle Field of Camden County. It's a baseball facility that services children that are handicapped. Mm-hmm. And it, anybody in the community that there are kids that want to be athletes that through the challenges that they meet and, and maybe were born with or have encountered, they may not be as blessed to be able to go out and play high school football at Camden County. But there's an opportunity for them to be able, be competitors and athletes in our community through Jason's Miracle Field. We partner them with the Liftathon. 
part of our fundraising is giving three thousand dollars back to that that organization for them to use um, and and we want our our players were really excited about doing they all know about the field several of them go over there and volunteer when they can and and that was something that we wanted to do as a program. We've got a lot of individuals. I took the seniors over last year on an open date week to Salvation Army and helped them unload some food trucks. The rest of the team practiced with the next year's, what was going to be this coming falls team practice while I took the seniors over to do that uh, myself. And, you know, and, and, and Art, you go back, we had, we had some horrific things in this community from Hurricane Irma last, mm-hmm. last fall. And, we all, as we could, we got back in and we were delivering food. We were doing things. So that's 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 a big part of what I believe high school football should be in the community. Absolutely. Coach, it sounds like you're you're molding these young men in the right way. Um, that That's great to hear what you guys are doing down there uh, in Camden County for the community. Coach, speaking of the community, I, I know as, as coaches – Every game is important. I understand that. In terms of the community, community though, is there any rivalry game that that is most important down there uh, for that community? You know, that's one of the biggest challenges we have now. The era that we're in now, with the region that they've been placed in, um, there's no real natural rival. You know, Lowndes and Colquitt and Tip, they kind of already had each other, and Valdosta kind of gets in the mix over there. We're an outlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 and that's a challenge. Uh, honestly, and truly, if it weren't for uh, Glen Academy and Brunswick, which are 6A instead of 7A, continuing to play Camden County, we would really – I don't know if we could put a 10-game a schedule together. Mm. Um, you know, obviously, the program had a lot of years of success and maybe maybe kind of embarrassed some programs to the point where there's some pushback and – and, and nobody's real beholden to maybe come down and, and do us a favor and play us. But here, I've gotten just this year to 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 to, to uh, meet Matt Lazat um, at uh, Richmond Hill, mm-hmm. and we played two freshman games, two JV games against each other. They were killer games. I mean, down to the wire, every one of them. You know, just great. He's doing a great job with his program. Looks like projection-wise, they're going to be 7A in a couple of years. We now have scheduled a regular season game with them the next two years. I think that's got a chance to turn into a real rivalry. Um, if they go into the region, I think we we hopefully will kind of kickstart that next year. But honestly and truly, Art, that's a real struggle here. You know, when I was at North Gwinnett, we uh, we knew when we were getting ready to play Norcross now, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and down here it's 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 a little bit kind. Of, we're almost a land that's lost down here, and uh, you know the program's so proud. We want everybody to want to have you know to feel like they got to come try to play their A game to beat us. But realistically and financially, it, it's a real challenge. Our, I mean, we're probably the most unique situation in Georgia when it comes to that. Well, I, I I can understand that, Coach. It, I, in some instances, you might be closer to, to teams in, in North Florida than you are in the in the rest of your region. Uh, we're we're playing two South Carolina teams. It's easier for me to go up ninety five into South Carolina, um, and, and go play a South Carolina team than just go to Atlanta. Wow, and, and I, I believe that, Coach. And it's I know that a couple other teams in the region, the uh, Tift and 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 uh, and Lounge and Colquitt, seem to have to. 
they end up in Atlanta at some point or, or a team from the metro area ends up down there. And that's, and you get, like you said, you guys are further out. So uh, understand yeah, that you challenge. Know, you, know, you know, that's the other thing though. All those guys over there in the region, they're pretty close to coffee mm-hmm. and they're pretty close to, to Lee County. They're pretty close to Northside Warner Robins, Houston County, et cetera. They've got a lot of opportunities to fill the rest of their schedule with a lot of good teams that are still in their, you know, kind of in the scope of their area. We don't have any of that. Hmm. Well, Coach, hopefully that Richmond that Richmond Hill rivalry will, will – will, or Richmond Hill game will turn into a rivalry for you guys uh, in, the, in the future. Uh, going to move on, Coach. Let's talk about uh, – a couple more questions for you, and then, uh, then we'll close it out here. Uh, what's your greatest memory as a coach, whether a head coach, assistant, GA, where, wherever it's been? I'll tell you, Art, I have been so blessed. Um, I joke all the time that uh, down here in Camden County, because you even get your news out of Jacksonville. Yes, sir. I don't know if they know they hired a guy that won three games or 300 games. <laughs> and, and, and and hopefully we're going to get over that 300 mark real soon. Uh, but, uh, but really and truly, with all that being said, there have been so many great kids, but I cannot go without saying that, that I've been so blessed. But I had the opportunity for four years to coach my son. And uh, he was he was with a great group of kids at North Gwinnett, and he was on that ter- 2013 team that uh, went to the state finals and when his senior year and and you know that kind of goes beyond just the coaching and you know I was probably harder on him than I was any other player. He didn't start until he was a senior. He there was no question when he got the ball handed to him he had earned it, and and uh, um, you know but I. I I can't go without saying that was that was a, I, that was a beyond a blessed experience to be able to coach my own son. Great deal, Coach. Uh, coach, let's talk about you know we 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 talk so much football and it's been a, a big part of your life. If you weren't coaching or teaching, where would you have ended up? What career would you have chosen? Yeah, I knew that question was kind of coming, and honestly and truly, that's one question that I don't even know how to answer. Um, I. I, I <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know what else I would have done. I don't. I don't see myself doing anything else. I don't. I don't. I. I, I don't. I found my calling, and I've never wavered. It's never been anything else I've wanted to do. Um, I believe that high school football is the greatest thing a kid can experience, and it can be so great for the community at large. And you know, the beauty of it is, you go out there on Friday night. It's not just the hundred football players that we have on the sideline. There's umpteenth managers or umpteenth video people that you've got the band, you got the cheerleaders. You, you, it, there's, it, there's so much going on for everybody. That's a part of the trappings of a Friday night, high school football game. Um, I just don't know what else somebody can do that could be better than that. There's nothing I've ever seen that I've ever wanted to do other than that. All right. Well, Fair enough, Coach. We'll leave it at that. Got one one more question for you, for you, Coach. Um, non football related. It's more of a, a, a food uh, a food related question. If it, if you're down in St. Mary's or Kingsland, Georgia, where is the best place to get a pregame meal if if somebody's coming in for for the uh, 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 Glen Academy game or or, or the last game of the season against Tiff County? Where where do, where do you go to eat down in St. Mary's or, or in Kingsland? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you, Art. There's a lot of good options here. A lot of people don't know that, and and uh, it's kind of w- what's what's your flavor going to be that night? You know, obviously you got all this traditional fast foods, and then you've got 
some of the some of the steakhouses and some of those things. But kind of, but then you can go downtown St. Mary's to Lang's and, or St. Mary's Seafood, and, and, and if you want to go that flavor, um, the Mill House is kind of a kind of a steakhouse kind of a deal that's really got a large menu of a lot of options. But then I guess I guess my kind of thing is if you're going to come to a place like Kingsland, St. Mary's, Georgia. There's a place down in Old Kingsland, um, Stephen's Restaurant down on 17 in Old Town Kingsland, Old part of Kingsland. It's really kind of a throwback restaurant where you feel like you're almost back in the happy days. And so, you know, depending on what you want, uh, you know, Stephen's is going to kind of kind of take you back nostalgically. That might be a place you want to go. Okay. Once again, we uh, appreciate our time with Coach Bob Spire, head coach of the Canman County Wildcats. Uh, coach, I, I'm going to ask you, I, I know I, I told you I wasn't going to throw you any curveballs, but you've been at this for a long time. Uh, we've interviewed coaches with, with various head coaching experience. If there's a piece of advice that you could give any coach that's up and coming, uh, whether head coach, position coach, what would it be? Well, it's funny you say it because I've always felt like a big part of my mission. So I, this is my this fall will be my thirtieth year as a head coach, and I've always felt like a big part of my mission is to help young coaches who want to grow in the game and become coordinators or head coaches. And, and, and believe me, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with being in the same community for thirty years and being a valuable part of a staff either. But um, I, I do think it's important as you go through go through this in your career that you do get to the right people that you can work for. Make sure you're working for that right head coach that's, that's going to do it the right way. You get an opportunity to learn from it. Don't make a bad decision to get into a bad pro that, that, that you learn the negative stuff. Um, you know, but probably in today's time, the biggest piece of advice I get is just stay reminded. None of us get into this for the money. <laughs> Ultimately, you know, if you do it right and, you, and you're in a place like Georgia and, and, and you have success over the years, yes, you can do you, you you can be fine financially, but that's not why you do it. And I get a lot of young coaches now that kind of seem like they're coming from a template of, oh, we're going to do this in the summer. What am I going to get paid for that? Oh, we're going to do this in the off season. What am I going to get paid for that? If you're kind of thinking along those lines as a young coach, you're probably not going to last very long. Mm. You go do the work, and the money will take care of itself. You'll be rewarded for it in so many ways. And ultimately, if you do it right, you'll be rewarded for it financially. But if you're a young coach and you're, and you're worried about what am I going to get for this and what and, – and, and really, other than, other than that, Art, I do – I've interviewed a lot of people through this process. Probably nothing turns me off more than when I hear a coach constantly say – I want to come there because the program can do this for me, because the program can do this for me, the program can do this for me. And ultimately, I just want to say, well, what are you going to do for the program? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think a lot of guys, when they're saying that, they're saying it in the right way so it doesn't offend me. But you can sometimes pick up on a young coach that really and truly it is all just about him. Mm -hmm. And so my only advice is this, is humble yourself, let it come to you, try to get to where you can get a place to a place where you can – you know, once again, I go back to Jimmy Fikes. That that experience was invaluable to me. Try to get to that right place, but just 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 let it come to you, and you do what you can do for the program, and don't worry so much about what the program can do for you. Very good, great advice from a coaching legend. 
uh, Coach Bob Spire. Coach, that's all the questions we had for you today. I appreciate you spending some time with us to talk a little Camden football, a little um, uh, promote some of your players and, and some of the things going on down there in southeast Georgia. Uh, Coach, really appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. All right, man. Thanks See you. Hard. All right, bye-bye. Once again, thank you to head coach Bob Spire, the head coach of the Camden County Wildcats, who play in Region 1, 7A, down in Kingsland, uh, St. Mary's, Georgia, about as far southeast as you can go before the Florida line. Please remember to visit our sponsor, Yorganize It. Yorganize It helps people create order wherever it is lacking in their lives, from simple closet solutions, playroom overhauls, or whole house makeovers. Yorganize It has a customized solution for you. You can find them on the web at yorganizeit.com. That's Y-O-U-R-G-A-N-I-Z-E-I-T.com. Yorganize It. Your space, your time, your life. That's going to do it for this episode of the Turd Ferguson Reports Conversations with Coaches. I am your host, Art Mosley. Don't forget, you can find us on the web at turdferguson.com. That's T-U-R-D-F-U-R-G-E-S-O-N. And you can also find us on social media on Twitter at turdfergusonrpt. That's T-U-R-D-F-U-R-G-E-S-O-N-R-P-T. Thanks again for listening. Make it a great day, everybody.